Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. to She Said, She Said. This is Blog Talk Radio's only program of rock and roll comparisons and contrasts. I am Lena Stagg, the culinary chef and author of the Recipe Records cookbook series, a series of four rock and roll cookbooks that mix and blend rock history, facts, trivia, and photos with delicious and easy-to-prepare recipes themed for music genres and bands. Hi, guys. I am Jude Sutherland-Kessler, author of the John Lennon series, and that's a nine-volume expanded biography chronicling the life of John and, of course, his mates, the Beatles, in a researched historical narrative format. So, today, as in all of our previous shows, Lena and I are here to compare and contrast the subject of Lena's most recent book, Those Bad Boys, the Rolling Stones, with the subject of my books, The Beatles. And this is our fifth and final time to debate this all-important topic, who really was and is the greatest rock and roll band of all time, The Beatles or The Rolling Stones. In our first round, we compared the accomplishments of both of these supergroups, Then we got together in debate number two, and we contrasted their childhoods, and we talked about what their backgrounds did, either to help these guys become successful or put in their way in terms of achievement. In round three, we compared the motivations of the Beatles and the Stones to become rockers, and looking real carefully at what events in their lives that shaped them and made them yearn to leave their mark in the music world. Now, last month in December, and I know a good many of you could have missed this show in the midst of all the holiday shopping and wrapping and baking and partying and all that, in December we compared the influences on the Beatles and the Stones. We talked about the impact of their managers, their close friends, their producers, and whether or not these two bands would have been successful without those all-important influences. Well, before we get started, I must give a thank you, huge thank you to our number one recording engineer, our Jeff Emmerich, Rand Kessler. He has made all of this music possible for us today, and you are going to love it. 
If you have missed any of these shows, you want to go back and listen to those before you maybe finish out today's episode, you can go to Blog Talk Radio and Recipe Records, Lena Stag, and we have She Said, She Said in our title, and you will see all of the episodes that you can yeah, listen to at your leisure or listen to all at once and binge listen. I would suggest that. <laughs> Wouldn't you, Jude? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. We're just like Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is our so Game today, of Thrones. That's us, Game of Scones. That is us. <laughs> That's the title of Lena's book, if you guys don't know. So you've got to get out there and get The Rolling Scones. It is a great, great cookbook. Well, today it's the final countdown, and we are going to first stage a mini Battle of the Bands, Beatles versus Bones, playing several <laughs> of their big hit songs from each band, and we're going to leave it to you, our wise and discerning faithful listeners, to decide which of these incredibly talented, powerful, charismatic, long-beloved groups really, really hold the supreme title in the world of rock and roll. And then Jude and I will pre present our closing arguments. I'll state the case for those one and only Rolling Stones as the greatest rock and roll band of all time, we all know. And then Jude will stand up for John, Sir Paul, George, and now Sir Ringo, at, also known as the Beatles, as the greatest rock and roll band of all time. As it should be. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> well, hang <laughs> on to your hats, guys, because this is the last debate. And here to kick it off is a little number from the early years of the Rolling Stones, and it happens to be one of my most favorites. <laughs> Not bad, not bad, but how about this happy, vivacious teacup rattler from the Fab Four, The Beatles? She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah.
yeah, that's a nice little pop <laughs> number. But it just doesn't cut to the core like those stones do in this little number. recognizes this one and it is the real deal. the heart and here's a song played at weddings all over the world from Johnny Lennon and his mates there are places I remember Clearly, this is a battle that is non-ending. The hits from both of these powerhouse bands could just go on and on and on. And, you know, with Ringo, Sir Ringo, 
still out on tour, and Sir Paul still out on tour, still writing songs, still getting out there and meeting the public, still being creative. I mean, who knows what the future would have held for the boys from Liverpool had John and George survived. My prediction is that their catalog absolutely would have been unparalleled. Well, of course, the Rolling Stones are still together, still recording, still performing. In fact, right now, they just finished up a world tour, which was called their No Filter Tour. And they're still relevant rockers and are sold out wherever they play. So let's take a moment and look at the Stones and see who they really are beneath the hype and the legend. The Rolling Stones were a band eh, who pretty much just had a front man that didn't play an instrument, and they had a dirty guitarist, and they had a brilliant jazz drum vibe from that Charlie Watts. But they were just a bunch of hipster boys who fell in love with the music that America invented, the blues. And the Stones were not necessarily bad boys, but they found if they exaggerated their haughtiness, their popularity increased. Uh, Keith Richards is known is um, to have said, we were encouraged, especially by Andrew, who was their, Andrew Luke Oldman, their manager, to be a little more outrageous than we even felt. And since then, it's become a well-known scam. So those bad boys took it in their hands to make the social issues of the day a very important part of music. While the Beatles may have hinted at social issues, the Rolling Stones put those issues in your face. For instance, the lyric, Everywhere I hear the sound of marching, charging feet, boy, because summer's here and the time is right for fighting in the street, boy. That is from their song, Street Fighting Man. And we, they also had their outwardly sexually suggested, suggestive, let's spend the night together. And also, very shocking for the time, Sympathy for the Devil, a song sung from the perspective of Satan, perhaps the first time evil is exposed in modern music. And in their song, Mother's Little Helper, they burst the bubble that housewives were perfect and loved their lives. The song explains how a little wifey needed help to get through her day. And Gimme Shelter, which you heard earlier, the haunting cry of rape, murder, it's just a shot away. It always brings chills. Another one of their sexually suggestive songs has made its way into pro and college football games all across the country. Start Me Up is heard at nearly every outdoor game that um, you might attend. 
Mick Jagger's singing voice, his style and his manner paved the way for the likes of David Bowie, Freddie Mercury, Steven Tyler, Jack White, and many more. As Stephen Van Zandt once said in um, Rolling Stone magazine, um, he said the acceptance of Jagger's voice on pop radio was a turning point in rock and roll. He broke open the door for everyone else. Suddenly, Eric Burden and Van Morrison weren't so weird. Even, imagine this, even Bob Dylan. <laughs> so, so when the band was playing a free concert in Hyde Park in July 1964, they attracted an audience of between 250,000 to 500,000 fans. Those, those figures are all over the place, to be honest. But the phrase, the greatest rock and roll band in the world, was first used at that event, and it has stuck with them until this day. Over the years, the band infused country, folk, disco, dance, and reggae. They have done it all. They have had free shows, expensive shows, internet shows, documentaries, videos, movies, solo bands, side bands. They were reinventing blues music and capturing the essence of the genre and creating a sound that is adored by their faithful fans. And you almost could smell a little snobbery in Mick Jagger's attitude. He says, there's always going to be good-looking guys with great haircuts. That's what pop music is about. The Stones were not pop. They never deviated from their craft and their passion to form American blues music into their own new genre of blues rock. And they were, and they continue to be, the ultimate rock band. Well, okay, I have to hand it to Lena very sincerely here. Um, over the last few months, as we first delivered this debate together <clears throat> across Indiana and Illinois in person on our September road tour, and then we decided to take it to radio and we met head-to-head on these five she-said-she-said she debates, I honestly have come to respect the Stones, to understand them for the first time, and admittedly, to like them a heck of a lot. I have become a real fan, no doubt about it. But let's face it, the creative innovations of the Beatles are unequaled. Think about this, guys. With the advent of the Shea Stadium concert, the Beatles created the concept of stadium concerts for other rock bands. And yes, others, like the Stones, took this idea, <clears throat> this mammoth brand new idea, and <clears throat> they improved upon it and they honed it. But before John, Paul, George, and Ringo bounded out onto that field and took that Shea Stadium stage, it had never been done before. The Beatles were the first band to suggest putting lyrics on an album cover, first ones. They were the first band, if you Google first rock video, you're going to find that many, many authorities think A Hard Day's Night 
was the first rock video. Others suggest mm. it was Strawberry Fields Forever, and that was long before Bohemian Rhapsody became a video, long before MTV played their first video, Video Kill the Radio Star, which, you know, is supposedly the first rock video by 11 years. I mean, Hard Day's Night, far, and, and even Strawberry Fields Forever, far precedes those others. The Beatles were the first band with I Am the Walrus to offer what would become rap music. They created, created hit music that topped the charts in every single musical genre. If you want to think hard rock, immediately Revolution springs to mind. Helter Skelter, it doesn't get more hard rock than that. Country, John Lennon's I Don't Want to Spoil the Party, great country song. Psychedelia, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, She Said, She Said. Classical music, She's Leaving Home, Eleanor Rigby. They also hit the world of blues, as the Stones did, with Come Together and I Want You, She's So Heavy. Great blues song from John Lennon. World music, also tackled by the Beatles. Within You, Without You, George Harrison's classic number. And then Norwegian Wood, John Lennon's number, both featuring the sitar. Vaudeville. Sir Paul is classic in the world of vaudeville. When I'm 64, your mother should know, straight from his father's Jim McJazz band influence. Pop rock, she loves you, a hard day's night, I want to hold your hand. And then romantic ballads like In My Life that we heard a few minutes ago and, of course, The Beautiful Yesterday. And without a doubt, they were the masters of rock and roll in their cover songs, taking Chuck Berry classics and remaking them. I mean, you, it doesn't get any better than John Lennon singing rock and roll music. And then the originals back in the USSR, Birthday, I'm Down. Guys in a world of music once very narrowly controlled by American artists, the Beatles broke that barrier and they opened the door for British groups paving the way for all of these other bands that followed them through that door, for those bands to find themselves and be themselves and find success. John, Paul, George, and Ringo made it possible for Herman's Hermits, for the Dave Clark Five, for the Tremolos, for the Kinks, and, uh, oh yes, the Rolling Stones to be heard and to succeed. Because before the Beatles, only Cliff Richard and the Shadows had a hit record in the U.S. when you talked about British groups. But when the Shadows toured America, they failed. The Beatles changed all of that. They made the British invasion possible. But the real impact of the Beatles extends far beyond the parameters of just their music. They changed the world. John Lennon once said, we were all on a ship in the 60s, our generation, a ship going to discover the new world, and the Beatles were in the crow's nest of that ship. And from that crow's nest, they looked ahead and they glimpsed the essence of the new world, and then they delivered it to us. They changed the way we wore our hair, the way we dressed, even our glasses, the way we viewed ourselves. They changed us from kids and teens into young people. And who we were in the 1950s were kids that were meant to be seen and not heard. Suddenly, who we were were people given a voice, a mind, a thought given by the Beatles. 
But they did something else. You know those girls who were bombarding the stage in those 1964, 65 concerts? They gave those girls a feeling of determination and empowerment. In fact, the songs that the Beatles sang were often written by girl groups and performed by girl groups. So they, they sang songs from a female perspective. Think about boys, and she loves you. So the Beatles encouraged and championed the rise of feminism in the 1960s. And on top of that, when John, Paul, George, and Ringo refused to perform for audiences that were not integrated and stuck by that rule, despite very serious ramifications later on in the Deep South, they raised awareness for civil rights. Paul's Blackbird championed that cause, and the Beatles consistently honored the stars of Motown by recording their songs. Last but certainly not least, the Beatles were banned in the 1960s by the Soviet Union because the Kremlin was terrified that the Beatles would instill a hunger for independence in their young people and a desire for this voice that we've been talking about. But despite the fact that they were banned, somehow in back rooms and alleyways and quiet corners, Russian teens found the Beatles anyway, and their message changed <laughs> everything. In 2009, Leslie Woodhead made a documentary called How the Beatles Rock the Kremlin, and she said the Beatles alienated Russian youth against the leadership of the Soviet bloc governments. And Artemy Trotsky, who appeared in her documentary, says the Beatles' appeal reached religious heights and still permeates Russian popular culture. In fact, the Beatles are listed by historians as one of the five causes for the fall of communism in Russia. So my husband had this little game that my husband and I played because every time we go out to a play, a live play or a sporting event or a movie or if we watch a television show, we wait for that moment when a Beatles song will be played or the Beatles will be alluded to in some way. They'll say something about Ticket to Ride or a day tripper, or they'll mention the Beatles in some way. And then we look at each other and we say, and there you have it. Because the Beatles have touched every aspect of society. And today, today, as the Beatles channel Rock Sirius Radio and Pandora and Spotify the Fab Four, rock on. They have earned a ticket to ride. And there you have it. Beatles or Stones, and in doing so, we wish you guys a great year of good decisions, good choices, as we're all entering 2018, and we hope you're going to join us throughout the year as we bring fun and instructive Beatles-based episodes of She Said, She Said, and as we launch our I, that's hashtag little I, hyphen candy, our I candy series of programs 
showcasing some of the most interesting and informative celebrities of the Beatles world. And our first hashtag eye candy guest is noted author and journalist Ivor Davis, one of our most favorite people in the Beatles world and outside of the Beatles world. He is interesting and intelligent, and he totally encompasses our hashtag eye candy theme. He is the author of the award-winning book, the Charles Manson um, trial book, Five to Die, and he is also the author of The Beatles and Me on Tour, which is a, a journal of it, it, it's a story that um, tells about his 1964 adventure with the Beatles on their first North American tour. He was there from day one until the final day, and he's going to have great stories for us. And he has also, we'll ask him about his other adventures because he has been there for every important event in American history in the last 50 years. He was with Reagan as one of the boys on the bus. He was with Bobby Kennedy touring with him and was within feet of Bobby on the night that he was killed. He was a very important part of Bobby Kennedy's campaign. He was hiding out in Ole Miss as a student, disguised as a student, because no press people were allowed to be there on the day that James Meredith entered Ole Miss, but Ivor was there. It, every important event that you can think of, including that great, great North American tour of 1964, he was there. You are going to love Ivor. He is unequaled. And he's also eye candy in Elena. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Is he ever. He is charming and uh, just adorable. And we are very honored to have Ivor on our show. He will be on Monday, February 12th at 4 o'clock Central. And we look forward to um, sharing this wonderful, wonderful journalist with all of our listeners. Amen to so that. until until we meet again on She Said, She Said, here's to food for thought, food for the soul, and food for the love of rock and roll. ta Go Beatles. And shine on. <sighs> Rolling Stones.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.